Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. Everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute once again. Today is an amazing guest. Uh, we got to know him over the last uh, number of years. In Mississippi, we obviously, growing up, didn't have hockey. Uh, obviously, there were teams like the Edmonton Oilers, the, uh, the you know, obviously the Islanders, a couple teams that you really paid attention to that were dominating the sport with superstars. Uh, so you couldn't help but notice. Uh, we ended up getting the Nashville Predators. Uh, my brother, actually, uh, Joe, ended up winning the lottery and got to pick the first four seats in the arena and uh, chose the seats against the penalty box of the opposing team on the ice. So I got to uh, to understand the game and take our kids to watch the likes of my next guest, a Hall of Famer goalie, one of the greatest ever to play the game, Grant Fuhrer. Hey, Grant, how you doing from uh, sunny Palm Springs area, California? Things are good. I got no complaints out here. It could be a little bit warmer, but for the most part, it's pretty good. Okay, so what's the definition of a little bit warmer? Oh, I think today we're going to be probably around 70. And uh, Canadian weather. Yeah, oh, yeah, I see that. Now, so you grew up now. Let's talk about that. So your past uh, gives you a pass to live in the sun sunshine now. Uh, but growing up, and where in, in, in Canada did you grow up? I grew up about 10 miles just outside of Edmonton, a little town called Spruce Grove. So I've seen a little bit of cold weather over the years. Right, right. So what was it? So you, a, a, a town, obviously, that had an area, a region of Canada that had a lot of snow? We do. I mean, they get a lot of snow up there, and you get streaks of the winter where it'll be 30, 35 below. Oh, used to cold. What is that? 30 or 35 below? That's unbelievable. Well, we here in Mississippi, we would just, you know, we would, I don't know what we would do. We wouldn't know how to act. I can uh, to act. I can tell you that keeps life entertaining when it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about growing up. I want to know sort of what led led you to hockey. Obviously, in Canada, it was you know your mate. It was the maiden sport. It was the sport that everybody paid attention to, like we do football here. So take me back to growing up. Your kid. Did you play other sports, or was it always just hockey? Oh no, I played a lot of different sports. I mean, obviously my. Dad used to play hockey, so as a kid, hockey was first and foremost, but I also played a lot of baseball, played a little bit of football, so anything that basically kept me busy and kept me out of trouble. Were you a quarterback? I mean, what position in football? Were you a fullback? I'm trying to imagine what position. I could see you hitting people, so I'm going to say linebacker slash cornerback and a tailback. 
actually a running back. Okay, tailback. I was right. I said that. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were, you, did you excel? Was it one of those sports you could have maybe taken it to college to play? It never even really thought about it because hockey was the first love. So it was just something that you got to play with your friends and have some fun with. So hockey was always going to be first and foremost. Okay. So we, we grew up here. AAU is such a big deal in basketball. So I'm a big basketball buff or in baseball. They, they spend basically about 10 months a year playing playing one sport where we used to jump from one sport to the other uh and spend his time it took took a minute to get yourself sort of into the into the mode of football into the mode of basketball then it was baseball or tennis or golf whatever so you had to do that hockey wise did you guys have sort of that aau thing where you were playing it basically all year no we were always taught that you're a better athlete if you play different sports so you play hockey from september through till about april and then as soon as that was over. You jumped into baseball, and from there you play baseball and football together. And you, so you're always always playing sports, trying to get better. And you did all this all the way to your senior year. I did it all the way through into my fourth year pro. I stopped. You're, I just stopped the football when I finally went out and played junior. But I played baseball right into my fourth year pro. Okay, so you're saying your fourth year pro. Okay, explain that because how could you do baseball if you're still a if you're a pro hockey? So how how young were you when you were drafted? I was drafted at 17 years old. So I I turned pro a couple weeks before my 18th birthday. So a couple weeks before your 18th birthday, and you were always a a goalie, correct? Day one. Day one, so that was it. Looked like a good idea at that time. (laughs) Well, I like the fact that, so I was a catcher growing up, and the only reason was was there was a method to my madness. I felt like, well, I'll stand in front of any baseball that I have all this gear on. I would watch and be in awe of like the shortstop or second baseman taking the one hops. I mean, there's no way I'm sitting in front of that and going to get, you know, I would never react quick enough. But with the catcher's uniform on and the the mask and and double cup and all that, I was fearless. I was Superman, you know. So I excelled as a catcher. I was pretty good growing up. There were better catchers. But that's the only position I ever played so much so, Grant, that I decided when I was, I think it was like five or six years into into it, and I begged my coach to let me go play uh, right field, and he said, "What are you talking about? What do you, you know?" And I, I go, "I just want to go out there." So I went out there. It was the first pitch, and it was the strike. It was a sound of thunder off the bat, and here I go because I had no sense of uh, where I was out there, you know. I was always behind home plate, and I knew where the the fence was behind me by the people yelling at me and all that. So I take off, and the ball was probably 25 feet over the fence, and I'm going at it like a bull in a china shop, and I run into not only the fence, but the light pole that's up against it, and I'm knocked out. I mean, I am cold. I wake up, my mom's over the top of me, my dad, and, you know, this and that. So coach obviously never let me go back out there. It's literally the first pitch. And that was the only time I ever did anything else but play catcher. So I always loved the gear. And I thought it looked cool, too, you know, because, you know, come on, we look cool with all that stuff on. So you grew up a goalie, and not just any goalie. I mean, you wound up being, to me, the greatest goalie in the history of hockey. And I'm not the only person that said it. Your former teammate, Wayne Gretzky, has said it. I've seen Charles Barkley on, on TV they talked about the greatest athlete they've ever played with, period. And somebody mentioned on the show you. Uh, we're talking to Grant Fuhrer, Hall of Fame goalie, Edmonton Oilers most of his life. 
uh, multiple All-Stars. Uh, he's with us from uh, Palm Springs, Arkansas. If you're just joining us, I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. They said that you were the best athlete, period, that they'd ever played with. Now, that is, I was like, that's our buddy Grant. Um, so did sports just always come easy to you growing up? Was it, did you work really hard at all of them and particularly being a goalie? You know, it's something I always love to do. So you spent as much time as you could trying to get as good as you could at it. I mean, and when it was hockey season, I tried to play seven days a week. Baseball was the same way. You try to play seven days a week. Football, I didn't work quite as hard at it. Once it got cold, it wasn't quite as much fun. But Right, <laughs> not 33 below. If you're playing in that, that hurts. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'd always tried to get better. Even after I turned pro, you, you watch film and you try and learn what's going to make you a better player. Before you were a child, and you talked about your dad playing pro hockey, being uh, a legacy, uh, sometimes you know it's hard to live up to what your dad did if he did great things. Take me back to growing up as a kid and looking at him and admiring him and the influence he had on you. Well, dad didn't really play pro hockey. He just played right up into senior men's hockey. Okay. As, as a kid, I got to tag along and watch him play. And As I got a little bit older, I get to play with their team a little bit just for some extra ice time. It was something that it looked like he was having fun doing it, so it was something I wanted to do. Right. And then, of course, all, with all my friends and stuff, we might have missed the odd day of school to wander off to the rink to play. It's just something <laughs> you love doing. It was a good yeah. chance to hang out with the guys. So you're skipping school is what you were saying. Yeah, I may have done that once or twice. Yeah, I think I did, too. I questioned. <laughs> I questioned. My daughter, Cecilia, asked the other day, yeah, I just like just to miss school. Did you ever do that? And I just looked at her and said, man, you're not allowed to do what I did, <laughs> especially what I did wrong. And I did miss a lot of school for some reason. I, I got away with it. But, you know, they're not allowed to do what I did. So I, lo- I love hearing that. So how about your, like, uh, your team that you played on? Was it just your school team or were you, like, on a all-star team that sort of traveled, like AAU? No, no. The, the, the great thing about Canada is we've got a good minor hockey system. So there's, in each town, there's four or five teams. So you've got six or seven towns that are around where I grew up, where you always played. So it wasn't so much school hockey as it was everybody had a team to play for. Wow. And you'd, and you'd play three days a week. You'd practice a couple of days a week. So sometimes you'd be five in the morning. Sometimes it'd be nine at night. But you fit as much ice time as you could in. So it's just something we loved and it's friends we all there's a chance for us to get together every day well it was just basically part of your just entire growing up it just sort of just seemed normal right it was for us it was normal right i mean that's that's the great thing about it we're gonna take a break in a minute and i'm gonna ask you one question because uh, i always do this to our guests we're the birthplace of american music <clears throat> we you know mississippi has just got such an incredible history of the arts and being the birthplace of american music and being from mississippi and being an artist myself, uh, you're going to lead us into the break with either this artist, Mose Allison or Mavis Staple. Uh, how about Mose Allison? I love that. I felt like you'd say that. We're, all right, this is Steve Azar with the great hockey legend Grant Fuhrer. Uh, we're going to be right back. You're listening to In a Mississippi Minute. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar, on Facebook.com, Steve Azar Live, and listen to all my music, Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men, wherever you download or stream. I've been doing some thinking about the future of the human race. If people don't stop killing people, it's going to be a hopeless case. Well, ain't that just like living, just like tall and striving? Ain't that just like living? Whatever happened to real life? 
We are very curious to know where it is you come from. Broadcasting to the world, live from Mississippi in the USA. Super Talk Mississippi at supertalk.fl.fl. No other news team covers the Magnolia State like News Mississippi. On air with reports every hour and breaking news as it happens. News Mississippi at newsms.fm. The official news provider for Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. I am with the great Grant Fuhrer who spent a lot of, lot of time on the ice with the great Wayne Gretzky. And we're going to talk about that. But before we do, Grant, you're 18 years old. And you're, uh, you're, you're making your way now into the minor league system. I've seen the minor league, uh, a lot of minor league hockey back in the day before we had the Predators in Nashville. And I remember that it was a lot of fights. I mean, you know, you have them in the, in the big leagues, but not as many. And, and there was a lot of fights in minor league hockey. So where did you start playing and how much of that activity was going on? I left, I left home at 15 to go play junior hockey out in Victoria. So at 15 years old, there wasn't a whole lot of fighting going on. And in junior, everybody's trying to make that next step to pro. So when I got drafted, I got lucky. I got drafted to Edmonton, which was home. So I actually got to move back home to turn pro. Now, turn pro when? I mean, how old were you? 18 years old. So wait a minute. So you spent no time in minor leagues. I didn't. I spent 10 games my second year. Are you kidding? That's it? That's it. And then when you went up and got called up, did you start immediately, or were you sitting behind somebody? No, I got lucky. I got to play. I think I played forty-three games my first year. So okay, so they were they they you were so they sort of knew everybody. You grew up playing in this area. It's it's not like a mystery. They 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 see you coming. Okay, so what was the difference in the speed on the ice? Uh, the puck coming in, uh, just everything. Did it take you a minute to adjust, or were you just already there? Was it not so natural that it was nothing? It was like just an easy transition. It was an easier transition, but it took a little while to realize that things that happen in a second and a half at the pro game happen in just under a second. Right. So you have to adjust to that speed. But once you've been at it for a couple of weeks and you get used to seeing the different speeds and stuff, you just realize that instead of having one, two, maybe three guys that are good, that everybody's good. That, that's just amazing to me because I, I think about quarterbacks and stuff and speed of a game when they leave college and I got to know Doug Peterson, Coach Peterson, why he backed up Brett Favre back in the day when I used to spend a lot of time in Green Bay, watching them do their thing and uh, watching him go from uh, to, to his backup quarterback. You know, but well, I remember talking to him about the speed of the game. Just took a second just to sort of catch your breath from college, and because everybody's moving faster, you know. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm trying to relate it to something I really understand. Uh, but I do appreciate hockey, and hockey's really grown in in America and in the country. It was an amazing sport to watch in Nashville. In fact, my wife, you know, Gwen, it was her favorite sport to go watch. It it just had a lot going on. It was very active. You were right there. Um, and it was just to watch the athletes with blades under their feet, which is something I could never do. There's no way. You put that under my feet, that it's a train wreck. It always amazes no, no, no. You would go. You would give up on me, Grant. I promise you. Look, Mississippi just runs all the way from the top of my head all the way to the bottom of my feet, and then there's nothing else that works out. 
It just doesn't work out. But we're talking to Grant Fuhrer, a Hall of Fame goalkeeper, goaltender. How do we say it in hockey, making sure I get it right? Just goalie. I like goalie better. Okay. That's how how I'd write it in a song. I'd say goalie. A little more slang. So you're coming into the league. Was, Was Wayne Gretzky with you already? Was he there or was he coming? No, Wayne was already here. So I met Wayne my first year at the draft in 80. I think it was 80, summer of 80, going into 81. So Wayne was already at the draft. He's probably, he was actually the first player I met on Edmonton at the draft. You became friends, hit it off. Was there ever any rub, or was you, you guys always just really just easy, easy to be pals with? Oh, no, he's really easy to be pals with. I mean, he could be one of the nicest people I've ever met. All right. Just easy, just easy going, just a super guy. So it was you and Wayne, and who were, who else was on that team that, that, that was so recognizable for a lot of people that don't watch hockey as much but may know? Uh, Paul Coffey, Yari yeah. Curry, Mark Messier, Clyde uh-huh. Anderson. So Messier was there. Yeah, I think there's six of us that are in the Hall of Fame now. Oh, for that one team. That's just so good, good group of guys. All right, and you're telling me, so six guys off of this run you guys made to how many Stanley Cups? Uh, we had five in our first seven years. You guys were more, I guess, like the Patriots, but I remember the Islanders. You know, growing up in America, you just knew them. They were sort of America's team. Uh, obviously, you had the Red Wings, you had the Blackhawks. We sort of knew the that those teams, you know, coming from Mississippi, and I think the masses knew them. But who was y'all's greatest competition over that period of seven years? The Islanders were top dog. We When we first started to win, we had to knock the Islanders off. They just won four in a row, so... They were the team to beat at that time, and then after that, it was out of the East was Boston and Philly. Both had good teams. Out of the West, Calgary was always one of our main competitors. So there was a lot of actually there were a lot of really good teams around that time. And and who was sort of in charge of making sure Gretzky didn't you know the, the, you know didn't fight protected because obviously he's he's your he's your number one scorer in the team was Messier. Uh, I mean, wasn't Gretzky the score right? He was the guy. Gretzky was, Gretz was the scorer. We had a few babysitters. The gentleman by the name of Dave Semenko, Marty McSorley, Kevin McClellan, Johnny <laughs> Jackson. We had some good size to our team, but we also had a lot of skill to go with it. Did you ever have a situation where they were trying to pick a fight with you? Pick a fight with Gretzky? I mean, were there times that that would happen? There, there'd be short times where it would happen, but when you've got four or five of the toughest guys in the league, it didn't happen very often. So they just had y'all's back. <laughs> I love oh, yeah. That. <laughs> I love let that. The good players, let the good players be good. That was the big difference. So did you ever get in a confrontation with anybody? Oh, maybe two or three times over my career, but not very much. Not so, very big. What, what, we, we, let the big, we let the big guys do that. But you're pretty big as far as I'm concerned, and you used to have big hair. I remember seeing big – I mean, am I right? Didn't you have like a big old afro? I did have big hair for a while. I love it. At one time, it was probably a foot around. <laughs> so see, that that's the grand fear I remember. And then when we finally met, you can't find a blade of hair. You shave it now, I think, because it, it, it makes you Superman on the golf course is what it does. I, I get to wash and wear hair now. <laughs> so good well i don't have that yet i don't know my shape my son adrian says that my hair that if i shave my i always want to get shorter he goes dad your head's not built for that and i said well how do you know what my head looks like back i've seen it i've seen it when your hair is flat and you lay on it it's just not built you need to just make sure you still have hair if something goes wrong you need to get on the rogaine and then the propecia (laughs) so he's he's got it all mapped out for me and uh but so far so good I tried mine early. I cut it off back in the late '80s just to see what it would look like. So, did you go straight from get, the afro? I, knew I could get away with it. So, okay, so did you go straight from that to the to shaved head, or did you have transition? No, we slowly transitioned down. It was a little little extreme to go right to the no hair look. Yeah, yeah, that would have been like. Well, I remember Agassi. 
in tennis, obviously. Andre went from all the hair, and I think he was losing his hair. And then all of a sudden he went to, I think he shaved, I think he went all the way. All I remember is a ton of hair and then bald. He went from... A big old mop of hair did nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he was, he was, I think the hairline was probably showing up. So I don't know why this conversation has happened. And this is what happens on my In a Mississippi Minute. I'm talking to the great Grant Fuhrer. Uh, in the next segment, I want to talk about your book um, that you spent a lot of time traveling around with your lovely bride, lovely bride Lisa. And she keeps you straight during on all the social media and all that. But, and, and we're going to get to that. She does do a good job of that. She does, and I always thought it was you. And but now I know that it's always her, which makes a lot of sense, you know. Oh no, she's the, she's the brains of the operation. Well, of course she is, because we both have the brains of the operation. We both know that we're you and I are pretty brainless at times. I want to talk about your golf game. They had a statistic recently. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of guys. You know, Jerry Rice from Mississippi. There's so many people, uh, Michael Jordan, that want to go play on the uh, like get a they get an invite to play on the Web.com tour. It used to be the Nike tour or whatever. And you re- you have been one of the recent ones that's gotten them, and you've got the lowest scoring uh, rounds ever as an amateur golfer from another sport, professional sport, coming in. So I've watched you. You're always cool as a cucumber on the golf course. Do you ever feel like when you're out there with these pros uh, and on their turf, you know, pardon the pun, you're you're in their world. When you get up there, can you can you find the spit? Are you you feel? Is there any nerves, or you just feel real comfortable out there? more nerves there than there was on the ice but at the same time you're trying to learn from them i mean i think that's the fun part and i'm still as competitive as ever right so i can't play hockey anymore you got to find something you can be competitive at that's the great thing about golf everybody you, it doesn't matter what age you are you can still be competitive yeah but with you i've watched you and it's just so calm you're probably the most calm player i've ever seen and and your demeanor period just as a human being you're always so respectful and 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 you lean toward the quiet side to me compared to a a bunch of our crazy friends we have you probably just can't get a word in like me i can talk and uh most of it's just whatever it comes out of both sides of my head so seriously um watching you play golf it just looks right as as a guy that just loves the game and loves to play with you it just it just makes sense. As, as, so when did you take up golf? I probably started when I went out to junior, so 15, 16 years old. Oh, so you were playing young. Yeah, I started at 15, 16 and have played over the years and used to play a lot more seriously than I do now. But I still love playing every day I can. Oh, I know, because and, and you're in the you're obviously in Palm Springs where it's beautiful there. We're going to continue after the break. This is Steve Azar with hockey legend, Hall of Famer Grant Fuhrer. He has been decorated so many times that uh, he's got extra closets just for the just for the decor and the trophies, and actually has a separate house to put it in. And we're going to be right back. You're in a Mississippi minute. I'm Steve Azar. Forget about the promised land. What is your name? What is it? Super Talk Mississippi, number one in the Magnolia State for news, weather, sports, and talk that matters to you. Don't you forget it. Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and supertalk.fm. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hungry, 
everybody, I'm with the great Grant Fuhrer. Um, when you're growing up and you're from Mississippi, like I said, uh, you don't spend a lot of time watching hockey, but when you do, there were certain faces and names that you knew, and Hall of Famer Grant Fuhrer was one of them. You know, top 10 for me, number one goalie by far, uh, and getting to know him as a friend uh, has been awesome, and um, he actually has never missed, him and his wife, Lisa, have never missed our charity event uh, for the Steve Azar St. Cecilia Foundation down in Greenville in June every year. Uh, they are so welcome, and they have become family. And uh, Grant and I see each other a lot on the road, um, and we're going to see each other soon. Uh, we'll have the Caddyshack with the Murray brothers, and then we'll break into Monday after the Masters, and the game will begin. We're, we're talking golf. You became the head of golf. Tell me, tell me about that. So you, 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 you're done with being a pro hockey player, and you got a bunch of buddies, and they want to build a golf course or whatever. Tell me the story, because I could be wrong right there, but that's sort of the one I've, I think I remember uh, late night being told. Uh, you became the head of golf. How did it all go down? Friends I met, I used to come out here to play in a Canadian tour event. I had one down here in Palm Springs and played out of the golf course. I had just moved down here. And I happened to play golf out at the golf course all the time, and they fired the gentleman that was running the golf course and asked if I would become the director of golf for a couple of days just to help wow. out. <laughs> a couple of days turned into a couple of years. And I love it. Somehow we ended up with that. And your job was to play golf every day, or did you have to actually, like, do things? Other no, things? No, I, I entertain people. It's, I go there, you socialize with everybody, play golf with people, but without really having to do the paperwork side of it. Oh, that, they've got, that's, a, they've that, got an office manager that does all the paperwork. It just sounds miserable. How do you put up with that? How can you? How, are you still putting up with that? Are you still doing that? Oh yeah, yeah, still around. So two days. I enjoy I enjoy meeting people and I enjoy being out in the golf course. Yeah, I know, I know you are. You, I know, and I love playing a shamble with you for our guests. I'm talking to Grant Pure, hockey legend. Uh, I'm Steve Azar. You're inside a Mississippi Minute. All 60 of them, and we're talking about golf right now because this is what we love to do. This is how we all met. Uh, I always say I'm going to run out of friends because uh, we've met playing golf uh, at charity events all throughout the country and the world, and 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 it's been a blessing getting to know everybody from you know the athletes that we grew up admiring, like you, Grant. Grant spent was supposed to be two days, obviously, in, as head of golf, and he's still doing it after all these years. I love it. Uh, Palm Springs is it. Uh, is do you love do you love living in Palm Springs? Uh, does it ever get too hot? I, I actually like Palm Springs. I mean, I think the weather's great. Obviously, it's got a lot of great people. The only downside is is California taxes. But oh. other than that, there's nothing wrong with Palm Springs. It's probably one of the nicest places I've been, and it never gets too hot. I love the heat. So, the days it's one twenty, one twenty three. I still play golf. In what? In a hundred and what? One twenty, one twenty-three. See, you love there. you love extremes. You're used to you were used to the extreme cold, and now you're used to the extreme heat. And you just put a big sombrero on when you play. Is that the deal? No, just put a ball cap on and yeah, make sure amazing. you drink lots of water. Yeah, what was that water you said? Oh yeah, lots of water this yeah. time. <laughs> my, my mom would be. She's always been on to me because I don't drink water on stage because I'm switching guitars. I'm entertaining. I don't have time, and so she still she still gets upset at me. She listens to this show, so I'm sure I'm going to get it. But uh, it's always like, please drink plenty of water. Can you just do that? And I, I said, okay, it's there on stage. I just never see it. So anyway, all right, we're going to go back. So how many Stanley Cups did we win? I've got five. Five Stanley Cups. And they were in seven years, and they were all for the Oilers, correct? 
they were. When did you find out you were going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Uh, I found out in 2003. I retired in 2000. And then in 2000, I coached actually from 2001, 2002 in Calgary. And in 2003, got the phone call that they were going to induct me into the Hall of Fame. Okay, so was that your first eligible year? That was my first eligible year. Yeah, so you were coming in like, it's it's amazing. Okay, so did you play for the Canadian Olympic team? No, they didn't have pros in the Olympics at that time, but... Oh, that's right. Played for Canada, played for Canada in a couple of world championships and some Canada Cups. And won a couple of those. Won a silver medal in the world championships. So, had some fun with that. So, you guys were like, okay, so, but 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 when it came to Russia, and all, weren't they all pros that were playing? Like, you think of the 80 miracle on ice in the United States and you know our, our boy Rizzo hitting the winning goal. So, was Canada like more like the United States when it came to the rules? Well, the, at that time, the IOC didn't allow pros. So... Fortunately, the guys playing in the NHL that were getting paid didn't get to play, but the teams in Europe, even though they're pretty much trained like pros, because they weren't under contract, oh, they were they were still amateur. Wow, but they were but but really they were pros. They were, they were basically pros. Right. Okay. Okay. So I didn't. I never understood that rule. I thought it was just the United States, or maybe just North America in general, that had its own little sort of rule. And that you know, I remember. Uh, you know, obviously the 1980 hockey team that was amazing. You know, that the the gold medal and beating the Russians. And let's talk about that. So the Russians of 1980 and that and and the 16 years before or whatever, all that run that they had 20 years run. Could they have played in the in the NHL and been successful? Oh, definitely. I mean, they were an extremely talented group. I mean, if you look at their big five, which were at that time, they had Kasatonov and Fedosov on defense. They had Sergei Fedorov was there, uh, Vladimir Krutov, Igor Larionov. How can you uh, remember all those names? How are you saying that? How are you doing that is what I want to know. Like, Oh, I get a chance to play against them a lot. So So you knew their names. You'll you'll learn the guys that are good. I love the fact that you can pronounce those names. You know, me being from where I'm from, which I live for, you know how, you know how I love the great state of Mississippi. It's given me a, a backdrop and a, and, and a reason to, to have a career at all through osmosis of just being here. I love this place, but that's the, one of the dilemmas is I could never do that, which you just did. <laughs> it, just, it, wouldn't, it would not work out. It, it would come into my brain and come out in my mouth a different way. So, so these guys were, were that good. They were that good. And just that nobody knew about them. I mean, I think that was the big thing is they, the North American market had never been ex, experienced them until they first came over here. And then I think it was kind of a shock as to how good they actually were. Did the NHL ever have any of those guys? Play? Yeah, a lot of, most of them came over and played at some point. Did they have to defect? Was that one of those deals they were defecting to play? Some defected. Some came over in the good graces. So it was a little bit of both. Huh. Early guys, I think some of the earlier guys had to defect because they didn't want them over playing in the National Hockey League. So I get that. We're talking to Grant Fuhr, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, legendary five-time Stanley Cup, the man that got to wear all the cool gear for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, hanging over, hanging around the goal. So, so stretch-wise and all that. Now, obviously, uh, I'm I'm always intrigued by any guy that can do the splits and almost the point where your feet are off the ground. So, how limber your your nutrition growing up? Uh, how did you how did you uh, stay in shape and also you know just stay that loose? I've always stretched a lot. Up probably the, until the last few years, I was always fairly flexible and stretched a lot. Instead of working out, I just played different sports. And as soon as hockey was over, I transitioned into baseball. So you never really got out of shape. 
Yeah, but but stretch wise, I mean, because you could do things that men most men can't do because you had to be able to do it to stop the puck. So no, no, there's there's a half hour stretching routine you go through every day when you're playing hockey just to make sure you don't pull muscles and stuff. It's amazing though. So, you guys were more flexible. Split. Yeah, so you were more flexible than anybody. I mean, you were you're right. Was there anybody else as flexible as you? Or you goalies in general have to be the most flexible. Goalies are usually the most flexible. I mean, it was one of those where you had to be. It went with the position, right? And so all the gear and everything didn't it didn't uh, hamper things or damper. What am I looking for? Ham- hamper things. I it didn't make it easier, but at the same time, you were used to carrying it around. That's just amazing. You just amazing. got used to it. There's probably enough room to run like uh, like some sort of small car underneath me if I try to do this place. It just doesn't work out. I love. It. We're talking to Grant Fuhr. Uh, spend his time uh, guarding the goal uh, and staring at Wayne Gretzky and and Mark Messier and the, and the likes of this great Edmonton Oilers team uh, who uh, just uh, has six uh, six Hall of Famers. Grant tells us. Um, I wonder if there's any sport with one team. I, I start thinking about our buddy Jimmy Mack. So Jim McMahon and the Bears, and I think about my, the Miami Dolphins. I think about the San Francisco 49ers with Montana and Young and all those guys. I wonder if there was six Hall of Famers from any other time in any other dynasty. Do you know? Because I don't I, know of. I'm not even sure. It's not something I've ever looked at. Hmm. That'd be interesting to see if that's the most, because it's got to be up there if not if not the most. That's just, just amazing. Some of, some of the Montreal Canadian teams might have six, because they had a long run back in the 70s. Right. Right. And so when you guys came along, you guys sort of became, you kind of took over. In Canada, y'all were it, right? Uh, well, we were a little different than most. We had a lot more fun than most teams. Yeah. I mean, we kind of <laughs> ushered in the era of having a good time while you're winning. It, that- was, a different, it was a different group. It's amazing. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We're talking with legendary Grant Fuhr, hockey superstar, and a buddy of mine. Um, looking forward to playing golf with him very soon. Uh, we'll we'll get started in the spring, and we'll, we'll see each other a bunch. But uh, we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. Uh, you're in a Mississippi Minute. A sweeter than a taste of homemade wine And hotter than Tabasco Swampland, Chicky Bridge, Quicksand Running over potholes fast as I can One left headlight leading me to paradise Lord, I'm gonna be the devil to see my angel tonight Say I'm gonna be the devil The Super Talk app Pop it in, pop it in and turn it on. Listen to your favorite shows anytime you darn well please. The Super Talk app. It's free. Download the Super Talk app now. 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 In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Flying down that levee road. Everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We're with Hall of Famer, hockey superstar, goalie, former now, because we're both getting older, Grant Fuhr, who's recently written a book. And I remember talking to your wife, Lisa. We were uh, coming back. We were at the airport, and you were talking about all this book run that you had to go on to uh, to promote it. I understand that in the world of promoting a record, you got to go around and you got to, you know, you got to do all the right publicity things to let people know about it. And the name of it, the name of it's Grant Fuhr, 
And it's what? Finish it for me. The Hockey Legend. The Hockey Legend. Okay. What got you to write the book? I'd had a bunch of people keep asking, and then my last year I'd lived with the gentleman that wrote the book for me, actually, was my next-door neighbor down in Calgary. He was a reporter down there. And we just decided one day to sit down and, over the course of time, put it on paper, and it came out as a book. And since doing the book, it's gotten a little more traction, and the last year now we've been filming a biography. Oh, that's fantastic. See, I love that. We're doing a life documentary now. I'm going to be better with that one. So uh, everybody goes, oh, I love the book before they watch the movie. I can't wait to watch the movie to make me read the book. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. Okay, so you're, is it, you said more documentary style? It's a documentary. So okay. we've been filming that for the last, oh, give or take a year or so. Are you going back and doing interviews with your old friends? Uh, are they interviewing you? I mean, what, what present or uh, content are they going to go with? Are you guys going to go with? No. We've got a little of everything. We went back to the past, back to the old hometown. They've talked to, oh, probably 15 or 20 of guys that I've played with, played against. Wow. So we've got about 150 hours into it so far. So how are you guys going to distribute it and get it out there? A company called Roger Sportsnet, which is kind of like ESPN up in Canada. They've bought the rights for Canada. Fantastic. And then it's also going to be a theatrical release in Canada. Oh, and that's then fantastic. down in the States, they're negotiating with NBC, Netflix, and ESPN. Oh, so you got a team taking care of things. Yeah. See, that's... Well, I, get the, I get the easy part. I just have to be me. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, I don't have to be me till Monday, which I, you know, I wrote, so I get to say that. That's horrible. But anyway, <laughs> all right. So the name of the book is Grant Fuhrer, The Story of a Hockey Legend. I love spending time with you now. Uh, but but as a good friend, I'm supposed to, like you listen to the music that we shove down y'all's throats. We're supposed to be reading the book, so I, I got to get oh, on which, it. Which we love the music. Oh well, the yeah. Well, you guys are too nice. That's because y'all are stuck with us. You have nobody else. So we we <laughs> you, you probably go, man. I know every word now because I Azar and and the Blowfish and Edwin and all these guys. Ira, we we all we all shove the same music down y'all's throats. Okay, so the hundred greatest NHL players in history. Where did you come in? I'm not even sure. Somewhere in the top hundred. Well, I'm not I mean, sure I, what the exact number. I want to know. Not sure what the exact number was. I mean, there's been a lot of people play the game. Did so? Did your dad and and your mom? Did they get to watch a lot of y'all's success growing up? Were Were they around to do that? They were. I mean, that was the great part about playing in Edmonton is I get to play in front of family and friends, all the kids I grew up with, and everything all got to actually see me in the heyday of my career. Did they drive you crazy for tickets? No, actually, everybody was already season ticket holders. Oh, that's so it was amazing. good. You had it made. Easy on the pocketbook. Oh, my gosh. What about, like, playoff time, though? Yeah, playoff time was a little bit different, but yeah, yeah. they also were pretty good. They left me alone at playoff time. Just let me play. What? See, that's respectful. We wouldn't do that here. We would be. I'd be calling for backstage. I'd like to be in the locker room. I want to actually talk. I want to speak to you guys before the game. <laughs> you know, we like to get all into it. Uh, it reminds me of a time Coach Fox. Uh, I was on tour with Bob Seger, and we were closing out our tour. We'd been on the road about six months, and we were in Vegas. So when I first met him, he came to our show to hang out. He was on the bus, and he goes, "Hey, Steve." Uh, he goes, Do you you going to talk to the guys before? And I said, what? what? And he goes, before you get on stage, you're going to have a talk to the guys. And I said, oh, coach, this is, you know, I know what you're saying. You want to do the pep talk before the game. No, no, we just, ours is more about tempo. And he goes, well, ours is about tempo. And I said, well, ours is about rhythm and just really sort of, you know, settling in. He goes, well, ours is about rhythm and settling in. So I said, coach, just come watch. You'll see what I'm talking about. So we're about to go on stage. We always did this thing where we put our hands together like you're in a huddle and like an athletic, you know, like a sport. And we go yep. one, two, three till March because the the tour was ending in March and we were we were tired. 
And so, but we were excited. It was, it was amazing to be out there with Seeger. All of a sudden, we see this hand come flying over the top, and it's an extra hand. And we kind of look back, and there he is. And so we go, one, two, three, till March. And we hear this at the very end, till March by itself. He goes, what's that mean? You know, so anyway, <laughs> he just had to be in the moment. And uh, I love that moment. But th- then that's the beauty of being me and getting to play music and getting to know people like you, Grant. Uh, it's been a blessing uh, not only to uh, to me personally and my wife, Gwen, getting to know all you guys and becoming family, but our foundation, how wonderful you and Lisa, Lisa are to us. And we can't thank you enough, and we look forward to seeing you every year. And obviously, we'll see you before the Delta Soul. I just want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's my pleasure, Steve. You know we'll do anything for you. Well, I love you. Are you going to play golf today? I am, actually. I'm, in a couple hours, I'm probably going to go hit it. And your lowest round ever? Uh, 63. Oh, 63. Okay, let's just talk about this. We can't. We've run out of time. 63. I'm going to ponder and sleep on that. I'm going to have dreams that one day I will shoot a 63, although it won't happen. It's too late. I'm Steve Azar. We've been with the great Grant Fuhrer. Uh, check his book out. It's out there uh, on uh, at, at Amazon, I'm sure, probably wherever you buy books. And get ready for the documentary that's coming out. Uh, he's a great man, a uh, great friend, uh, one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Thanks so much. You've been inside of Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Boom. Shakalaka. boy, baby. You're the best. <laughs> I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.